Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Today we'll be reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Chapter 2, The Vanishing Glass. Okay, let's get into it. Yay! Nearly ten years had passed since the Dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the front step. But Privet Drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number four on the Dursley's front door. It crept into their living room, which was almost exactly the same as as it had been on the night when Mr Dursley had seen that fateful news report about the owls. Only the photographs on the mantelpiece had really shown how much time had passed. Ten years ago, there had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink ball, pink beach ball, wearing different coloured bubble hats. But Dudley Dursley was no longer a baby, and now the photograph showed a large blonde boy riding his first bicycle on a roundabout at the fair, playing a computer game with his father, being hugged and kissed by his mother. The room held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house too. Yet Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His Aunt Virginia was awake, and her shrill voice made the first noise of the day. Get up now! Up, get up now! Harry woke with a start. His aunt rapped on the door again. Up, she screeched. Harry heard her walking towards the kitchen. The sound of the frying pan had been put on the cooker. He rolled on his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having. It was a good one. There had been a flying motorbike in it. He had a funny feeling he'd had that same dream before. His His aunt was back outside the door. Are you up yet, she demanded. Nearly, said Harry. Well, get a move on. I want you to look after the bacon. And don't you dare let it burn. I want everything perfect on Daddy's birthday. Harry groaned. What did you say? His aunt snapped through the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How could he have forgotten? Harry got slowly out of bed and started looking for socks. He found a pair under his bed and after pulling a spider off one of them, put, put them on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them and that was where he slept. When he dressed, he went down the hall into the kitchen. Into The kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all Dudley's birthday presents. It looked like Daddy, Dudley had got the gaming, the new computer he wanted, not to mention the second television and the racing bike. Exactly what, why Dudley wanted a racing bike was a mystery to Harry. As Dudley was very fat, he hated exercise unless, of course, it was involved, it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favourite punch bag was Harry. He, but he couldn't often catch him. He, Harry didn't look at it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had to do something with the living in the dark cupboard. 
but Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller, smaller and skinnier than he really was, because all he had to wear were old clothes of Dudley's, and Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin, knobby knees, thin-faced, knobby knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He wore round glasses held together with a lot of sellotape because of all the times Dudley had punched him on the nose. The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was a very thin scar on his forehead which was shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had a, he had a, as long as he could remember. The first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Petunia was how he got it. In the car crash when your parents died, you said, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions was the first rule for quiet life with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen as Harry turned was turning the bacon over, over the bacon. Comb your hair, he barked, of a, by the way of a morning greeting. About once a week, Uncle Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted, that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of the boys in his class put together, but it made no difference. His hair simply grew that way, all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley arrived in the kitchen with his mother. Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Vernon. He had a large pink face, not much neck, small watery blue eyes, and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick, fat head. Aunt Petunia often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. Harry put the plates of egg and bacon on the table, which was difficult. There wasn't much room. Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. His face fell. Thirty-six, looking at he said, looking at his mother and father. That's two less than ya last year. Darling, you haven't counted Aunt Marge's present. See, it's here under the bag for mummy, for mummy and Daddy. All right, 37, then said Dudley, going red in the face. Harry could see a huge Dudley tantrum coming on, began wolfing down his bacon as fast as possible in case Dudley turned the table over. Aunt Petunia obviously sensed danger too, because she said quickly, I will buy you another two presents while we're out today. How's that, Popcorn? Popkin, two more presents. Is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. He look, uh, looked hard, like hard at work. Finally, he said slowly, So have 30, 30, 39, sweetum, said Auntie, Aunt Petunia. Oh, said Dudley, looking, sat down heavily and grabbed the nearest parcel. All right, then. Vernon chuckled. Little Tyquancy's money's worth. Just like his father, attaboy Dudley. He ruffled Dudley's hair. At, the mo- at that moment, the telephone rang, and Aunt Petunia went to answer it, while Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap his racing bike. A sign camera a remote control aeroplane, 16 new computer games, a video recorder. 
He was ripping the paste, paper off a gold wristwatch when Aunt Petunia came from, back from the telephone, telephone, looking both angry and worried. Bad news, Vernon, she said. Miss Fig's broken her leg. She can't take him. She jerked her head in Harry's direction. Dudley's mouth fell open in horror, but Harry's heart gave a leap. Every year on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him out and a friend out for, out for the day to adventure parks, hamburger bars or the cinema. Every year, Harry was left behind with Mrs Fig, a mad old lady who lived two streets away. Harry hated it there. The, ha- the house smelled of cabbage and Mrs Fig made him look at photographs of all the cats she'd ever owned. Now what's it, Aunt Petunia, looking furiously at Harry as though, he had pla- as though he had planned this. Harry knew he ought to feel sorry that Mrs Fig had broken her leg, but it wasn't easy when he reminded himself it would, ho- it would be a whole year before he had to look at Tibble, Snowy and Mr Paws and Tough and Tufty again. Harry... Could phone Marge, said Uncle Vernon, suggest- Uncle Vernon just suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon. She hates the boy. And the Dursleys often spoke about Harry like this, as though he wasn't there, or rather as though he was something very nasty they couldn't understand them, like a slug. What about her name, Yvonne? On, hol- on holiday in Marjorka, snapped Ampetunia. You could just leave me here, said Harry, hopefully. He'd be able to watch what he wanted on television for a change. And maybe even get to go on Dudley's computer. Aunt Petunia looked as though she'd just swallowed a lemon. And come back to find the house in ruin, she snarled. I won't blow up the house, said Harry. But they weren't listening. I suppose we could take him to the zoo, said Aunt Petunia, and leave him in the car. And the car's new. He's not sitting in it alone. Dudley became to, began to cry loudly. In fact, he wasn't really crying. It had been years since he really cried. But he knew that if, he's, that if he screwed up his face and wailed, his mother would give him anything he wanted. Thank you, Dud, Daddy Dums. Don't cry. Mummy won't let him spoil your special day. She cried, flinging her arms around him. I don't want him to to come, Dudley yelled between huge pretend sobs. He always sp- spoils everything. He shot Harry a nasty grin through the grip of his mother gap of his mother's arms. Just then the doorbell rang. Oh good lord, they're here Up said Aunt Petunia fran- frantically. As and the moment later Dudley's best friend Piers Polkus walked in with his mother Piers his mother. Piers was a scrawny boy, a face like a rat. He was usually the one who held people's arms behind their backs while Dudley hit them. Dudley started pretending to cry at once. Half an hour later, Harry could not believe his luck. He his luck was sitting in the back of the Dursley's car with Piers and Dudley on the way to the zoo for the first time in his life. 
His aunt and uncle hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him, but before they had left, Uncle Vernon had taken Harry aside. I'm warning you, he said, putting his large purple face right up to Harry's. I'm warning you now, boy. Any funny business, anything at all, and you'll be in that cupboard from now until Christmas. I'm not going to do anything, said Harry, honestly. But Uncle Vernon didn't believe him. No one ever did. The problem was strange things often happened around Harry, and it was just no good telling the Dursleys he didn't make them happen. Once Arthur Junior tired of Harry coming back from the barber's, looking as though he hadn't been at all, had taken a pair of kitchen scissors and cut him and cut and cut his hair so short he was almost bald, except for his fringe, which he left to hide that horrible scar. Dudley laughed himself silly at Harry. He spent a sleepless night imagining school the next day, where he was already laughed at for his baggy clothes and sellotaped glasses. That is the end of my podcast for today. If you liked it, consider following me. Thank you for watching and see you in the next episode.